Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. In his hometown of Nazareth, Mark 6, 5 said, And he could there do no mighty work. I noticed he didn't say he wouldn't, he said he couldn't. Well, now, why couldn't? In other words, here's another way to say that. In his hometown of Nazareth, he never had any manifestation of the Spirit. Now, Jesus can't produce a manifestation of the Spirit. Somebody said, well, why can't he? He's the Son of God. Well, because the Bible tells us when he came into this world, he stripped himself of his mighty power and glory. Another translation said he laid it aside. That's the reason he had to be anointed by the Spirit of God because he had laid aside all of his power and all of his glory and was born as a human being. See, and that's the reason for uh, all the first 30 years of his life. He never healed anybody, worked any miracles all those years. Not a one, not a one, not one single one. Yet he was the Son of God all those years. It was after that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power that he began to heal the sick work miracles, wasn't it? Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on Doing the Works of Jesus, Volume 1. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it's not lawful to thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then they asked him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was. Now notice, He that was healed wist not, that is, he did not know, who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. A multitude being in that place. And afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. Lest the worst thing come unto thee. The man departed. And told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now there's some important thoughts here. That man's the only man that got healed out of that whole multitude. On this occasion at least. Isn't it? I said, isn't it? Because it said that when the man was healed, the Jews, you know, asked him who, you know, they saw him carrying his bed on the Sabbath, you know, and he wasn't supposed to do that, you know. And they said, you know, you, you know, you, that's unlawful. Some people think more of a day than they do of helping people. Religious ideas. Oh, man, they'll really fight for religion, but they wouldn't for Jesus. Wouldn't try to help anybody, you know, but, uh, but when it comes to religious ideas, well, they'd really... We stand for them. And so the Jews, you know, of course, they uh, they said it's unlawful you carry your bed on the Sabbath. Well, they said, he that made me whole said to me, take up your bed and walk. See, Jesus didn't just make him whole. He told him to do it. Jesus, the Son of God, told him to carry his bed on the Sabbath day. Didn't he? Well, they said, who was it? 
Who is it that told you to do this? And I said, I don't know who he was. For it said Jesus had conveyed himself away. A great multitude being out of window, he just stepped away in the crowd. Isn't that right? I said, isn't that right? Now, now you see uh, here, I want you to see something here. Remember, remember there in Acts 10, 38, it said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. That's the first part of the word. See, because he's anointed with the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost is manifesting himself in his and through his ministry. Now, you know how the Holy Ghost manifests himself. There in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Bible talks about these manifestations. That's what he calls it. it. said, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. We call them gifts of the Spirit. They're also called manifestations of the Spirit. Or we could say it another way, the gifts of the Spirit are manifested. And so, uh, you know, he, he, Paul lists them there. For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, so on. And, uh, you know, discerning the Spirit, the three revelation manifestations, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the Spirit. And then the three power manifestations, uh, the gift of faith, and working of miracles, and gifts of healings, then prophecy. Now, there are two added after Pentecost. That's tongues and interpretation. But you don't see tongues and interpretation in the Old Testament. Nor do you see tongues and interpretation in the ministry of Jesus. Because speaking with other tongues and interpretation is distinctive of the Holy Ghost dispensation. Which is the church age now. It began really. The Holy Ghost dispensation when he was poured out freely began on the day of Pentecost, of course. And so you can see in the ministry of Jesus... Those seven manifestations of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, and prophecy. But yet, you see, the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, the Scripture said, as the Spirit will. You see, evidently the Spirit told him only to deal with that one man. Now when it comes to manifestations of the Spirit, or even demonstrations of the Spirit, in the days of Jesus and the days of the apostles, and today you can see if you watch it that it only works for a few. Well, thank God for those things. I don't know why they work that way, they just do. Only God knows. But yet, you see, you need to see this, that that's not the only way that Jesus ministered to people. I mean, ministered healing to them. You see, the Word of God said that Jesus went around about their villages, throughout all of their villages, teaching in their synagogues. First thing he did was taught. Preaching. The gospel of the kingdom. Then healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You see under the ministry of Jesus it said, you see all of us might not and may not 
and some may never minister with any kind of manifestation of the Spirit because that is as the Spirit wills, not as I will. You know, you can't produce it yourself. That's quite obvious. Are you following me? But you see, Jesus said, the works that I do shall ye do also. So how are you going to do them then? Notice this also while we're on the subject. Notice that verse again there that we looked at a number of times in Mark, the sixth chapter, the fifth verse about the ministry of Jesus. Because the works that I do shall ye do also. In his hometown of Nazareth, Mark 6, 5 said, and he could there do no mighty work. I notice he didn't say he wouldn't, said he could. Well, now, why couldn't? In other words, here's another way to say that. In his hometown of Nazareth, he never had any manifestation of the Spirit. Now, Jesus can't produce a manifestation of the Spirit. Somebody said, well, why can't he? He's the Son of God. Well, because the Bible tells us when he came into this world, he stripped himself of his mighty power and glory. Another translation said he laid it aside. That's the reason he had to be anointed by the Spirit of God, because he had laid aside all of his power and all of his glory and was born as a human being. See, and that's the reason for uh, all the first 30 years of his life. He never healed anybody, worked any miracles all those years. Not a one, not a one, not one single one. Yet he was the son of God all those years. It was after that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power that he began to heal the sick and work miracles, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You see? All right then. So there in Mark 6, 5, it says, and he could there do no mighty work. It didn't say Jesus wouldn't, he couldn't. I remember the first time that came to me, you can read the Bible and read the Bible and never really see what's in there, unless the Spirit of God brings it to your attention. You know, I prided myself, and I just quit after I saw I was ignorant. You know, reading the New Testament through 150 times. And portion of it more than that, you see. And then the Spirit of God, or by revelation, either by the Spirit of God or, or Jesus on this occasion, spoke to me. You know, I, I was quite uh, downcast, not discouraged. I've never been discouraged in my life. Because I, after that the Lord had appeared to me there in 1950 in that first vision for nine months, until May, see that was first part of September 1950, up till May of 1951, I just had phenomenal success of getting people healed. One meeting, 90% of the people that we laid hands on was healed. 90, think about that. Nine out of 10 got healed, everyone. And, and, and ordinarily, 50 or 60%, that was, a, that was just a common percentage. Well, really around, nobody else having that kind of success. And so here I come to this particular church and they wasn't one out of 10 getting healed, about 10%, about 10%. Well, I began to fast and pray about that because I'd been having for those nine months such, such phenomenal success until I just, you know, I, I, I began to pray and fast and pray. Lord, what's wrong here? And by the Holy Spirit, you see, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, now, uh, there's no use you being upset. At least you're doing as well here as I did in my own hometown. 
Amen. I mean, he said the servant's not above his master. Well, I said, what do you, I didn't know what he's talking about, you know. I mean, you know, here, here, read the New Testament to 150 times, you know. He said, well, just like I said, I could in my own hometown do no mighty work. Well, I argued with him about that, you know, because that, that upset my theology. It's amazing how Jesus will upset people's theology. It's amazing how the New Testament will upset so much church theology, religious thinking. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I have a tremendous package for you on finances, obedience and finances by my dad, how God taught me about prosperity by dad, and biblical keys to financial prosperity by my dad, Kennedy Hagan, in my book, Overflow. Living life, uh, above life's, life's limits. limits. You know, a lot That's of people right. are limited, and you're limited by your finances. That's right, you, you can't are. Do it. So, hey, we can, oh, we can live in the overflow. Now, I want you to get a hold of these because they're going to change the way you do things. Yes. They're going to change your thinking. They're going to change your outlook on, on, on prosperity. Yes. So, hey, I want you to get a hold of these because they are important and they will help you to have a better life. That's right. And, and God wants you to have a better right. life. That's right. And, you know, the retail value of that is $28.80 and we are offering them for $19.95. Oh, that's a good, that's, that's a almost good, $9 off. That's $8.85 right. $8. off. It oh, my is. goodness. Call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, more from Brother Hagen. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.